Hello and welcome to Embolden, a podcast for the modern spiritual woman seeking to uplevel their life and be beautifully bold. I'm your host, Jess Carreri, spiritual businesswoman, intuitive mentor, and founder of Jala Collective. I am here to bring you conversations to embolden you to embody your highest self, create the life of your dreams, and come home to your divinity. If you are ready for some juicy downloads, inspiring conversations, and aha moments, you are in the right place. Thank you so much for being with me today, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, hello, my love. Welcome back to another episode. I am bringing you another epic guest interview today, and I'm beyond excited for this conversation. I took so many notes while having this conversation. I was nodding my head the whole time. My neck was getting sore. This is powerful stuff. I am joined this week by none other than the beautiful Missy Mitchell. Missy is a modern mystic and spiritual empowerment mentor who guides women on reclaiming their power and truth. Fusing soul and self-development, Missy uses a pragmatic approach to mysticism to truly create change. Missy is one of my beautiful Sunshine Coast mystic babes. She is such an expander for me and really has been in my field for a long time. So it was just such an honor to sit down with her and have this conversation. Like I said, freaking epic. I cannot wait for you all to hear it. I, before we dive in, just wanted to say a massive thank you again for all of the love that you're giving Embolden the podcast. We have hit almost 200 downloads so far, and it's only week two or three of this being out in the world. I truly couldn't do any of this without you, and the support, the comments, the likes, the reviews, the shares have been just absolutely heartwarming more than you can know. So, so, so grateful. Big, big thank you. And I hope to continue bringing you really, really epic interview conversations and some awesome solo episodes. I've got some solo episodes planned to sit down and just have like a chit chat with you. But without further ado, I want to get into this conversation because it is juicy. It is beautiful. So let's dive in. Hello, my love. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me on. I'm so excited to be here. You're so welcome. And I am so excited that you were here. Um, I have followed you for quite some time. I think you were one of the first people to ever reach out to me once when I started my page and it was the most beautiful little message of support and it was so sweet and I was just like who is this absolute goddess and it's just been such a joy to be in your field for so long Um, and you have just completely shifted and grown in ways that are so remarkable so so exciting god what Um, a welcome yeah (laughs) it's just a love fest like anytime I have someone it's a love fest big love fest I'm here for it (laughs) I love it so much um I would love I 
would have introduced you in a little intro before this, but I would love if you could introduce yourself, maybe share a little bit about your story and yeah, just tell the people who you are. Yeah. Yep. So my name is Missy. I am an intuitive channel, a modern mystic, I call myself, and a spiritual empowerment mentor for women. Um, So basically the way that I describe what I do is I guide people back to their power using various spiritual modalities, but I'm passionate about helping women realize that they do hold the power within themselves to create this really beautiful life and that they don't have to be held back by limitations. So essentially that's what I do within my work. And how that came about was through my own journey coming from a really low space of self-worth. So everything that I teach is basically everything that I did in my own journey to go from a really uh, sense of low self-worth, depression, anxiety, a really, really, I don't, I don't want to use the word bad, but a bad space in my life to where I am now, which is running a successful online business, working for myself full-time, you know, I, I'm an, I like to say I'm an extremely empowered woman. Um, so that's a little bit about what I do and, you know, where I started. And I'm happy to elaborate on my story a little bit more. There's always like the short and the long version. Um, so that's the very, very short version, but I am happy to go into that a little bit further. But to give an overview, that's what I do. Perfect. I love it so much. And you talked about self-worth and I'm such a believer in most of our air quotes, problems that we have come down to Mm self-worth, like so many of them. And so I think it's really beautiful that you speak on that. And thank you for sharing your story and being vulnerable. That's one of the most empowering things, I think, when people can show up and, you know, be like, hey, not sunshine and rainbows the whole time, haven't always been, you know. And Mm -hmm. I think it gives people that permission to just be human but then mm. to continue to grow, right? That that perfection isn't the the desired outcome, but empowerment, right? Empowerment, Absolutely. embodied worth. I think that's freaking epic. Love that. <laughs> so important. I love that you said that like self-worth really is, I don't want to say the cause or the root issue behind a lot of things, but for me, it definitely was. And, mm. you know, with my depression and anxiety, I went to therapists. I, it was something that I suffered with for most of my life from a very, very young age. And it wasn't like it had a set trigger. It wasn't like I would have a panic attack when I got on public transport or I'd have a panic attack when you know, something would happen. It was just constant, like constant, Mm. constant, constant anxiety. And it really, really came down to not having any self-worth at all. And so that filtered into all areas of my life. So, you know, that is why I'm so passionate about sharing that and why it truly is something that I think should be at the forefront of what we all want to be learning is how to come back to ourselves and how to feel empowered within ourselves because it's available to everyone. Like it's not you know, living an empowered life isn't a a special thing reserved for special people. It's available to everybody. And it doesn't mean that you are sunshine and rainbows and butterflies all of the time. Absolutely not. Like, you know, last week I was in the fetal position crying on my bed, but you know, that doesn't mean that I didn't feel empowered while I was doing it. It's it's not like living a completely positive life 24 seven. It's about feeling the sense of power within yourself, even when things aren't going necessarily the way that you want them to. Um, so I think that that's an important, important po- point to make. And I'm happy that you brought that up. Yeah. And that's so beautiful too, of like, you know, 
being in the fetal position sometime having a cry is freaking empowering like it is the feelings is freaking empowering and um yeah I've definitely felt at those moments sometimes being like oh I'm I shouldn't be doing this or this isn't very like you know like I what I want to embody but it's like no we have to feel our feelings and Mm -hmm. I think even the idea of what being empowered and what embodying your empowerment and your worth looks like is really complex and I think sometimes we think of it as like that person in Wonder Woman pose like you know covered in beautiful jewels which absolutely is part of it but sometimes like you said it's having a good cry when you need it (laughs) and it's feeling all the feels and sometimes it's just feeling like an absolute mess as well absolutely 100 (laughs) and you know to me feeling those emotions and feeling them without abandon is one of the bravest things that we can do and one of the most empowered things that we can do because we are taught to like suppress our emotions essentially and that comes with balance and I'm a Libra I see the balance (laughs) and everything I see both sides it comes with having like a really sense a strong sense of self-discipline in sense of taking responsibility for how you are feeling and recognizing why you're feeling the way that you're feeling and like not wallowing in those emotions, but allowing yourself to feel. There is a big difference with like wallowing in things and letting yourself feel. So that's like a really big distinction that I had to make because Mm -hmm. I was someone that would wallow and I was in a very strong victim mentality. And so I had to go from a space of that to understanding that, yes, I'm feeling my emotions, but also I have to take responsibility for myself. And that's a really fine line to walk um, and something that can take a lot of practice if that's where you're coming from. You know, everyone starts with a different point with where they're at with feeling their emotions. And I think it's really important to check in with that and see where you are personally at with that journey. Um, But it is so incredibly important to allow ourselves to really feel. I mean, we're human. We're human beings. We're here to go through the entire spectrum of emotions that come with that. So it's so important to allow yourself the space to honor that and to be gentle with yourself through that and to love yourself through that. Um, I think, you know, with spirituality and with manifestation, which we can definitely talk about, there is such a common misconception that you do have to be high vibe all of the time. It's absolutely Mm. not the truth. Yeah. That's so so important I feel like I hear that a lot of like good vibes only high vibe all the time and I definitely like at the beginning of my spiritual journey thought that that was what it was and I did maintain it for a little while but it was freaking exhausting and a lot of spiritual bypassing um and there's just so much more to it than that and I this is a beautiful segue into another topic, manifestation. You talk a lot about manifestation in a really empowering way, in a, in a way that invokes that self-responsibility um, and taking like inspired action. So not just, I feel like sometimes people can think manifestation is writing it down, forgetting about it and doing absolutely nothing. <laughs> and like, it'll just show up, mm-hmm. but you talk about it in such a practical pragmatic way which I'm all about I love blending the woo with the like grounded action all of those things so I'd love for you to just kind of share your understanding of manifestation maybe some insight into 
what it is for you and how to do it and any like even any experiences that you've had yourself in manifesting along your journey. Yeah, for sure. I mean, manifestation is something that I... I say that I teach it directly and indirectly. Sometimes I'll share things and people won't actually realize that I'm teaching them manifestation, even though it is. It's such a broad, encompassing thing. But manifestation is basically co-creating with the universe. So it's coming into the understanding that you're a soul living this human experience and your soul is directly linked to the energy of the universe, which is abundant, giving, powerful, all of the different things, right? So when we think of manifestation, we're thinking of calling our desires into our physical reality. So say, for example, example, you know, one of my current manifestations is a Mercedes. <laughs> Sounds love really it. superficial, but I love luxury things. It makes love me feel it. good. Um, so the process of manifestation is, you know, really sinking into the embodiment of having that Mercedes, of visualizing, visualizing that Mercedes and like putting it out to the universe, being like, this is what I want time to deliver kind of thing. But the way that I look at manifestation, as you said, it's not just about that visualization part. It's not just saying to the universe, Hey, this is what I want. It's about taking the inspired action towards it because it's really about embodying that energy and almost like showing the universe that you're ready for that manifestation. I think this is a really important point as well, as far as like timing goes with manifestation, which I'll touch on in a little, in a little bit, but it's really about coming to terms of where your beliefs are around calling in that manifestation as well. And, you know, really doing the work for lack of a better term towards that and taking the inspired action. As you said, I think there's a lot of, uh, what's the word? content, I guess I'll use around manifestation, which is incredible. The more people that can learn about it. Amazing. But I've seen a really big influx specifically with the birth of TikTok um, around mm. being high vibe and just visualizing and like sitting in your room and, you know, these things will happen. And that's definitely a component for it. But you also have to show the universe that you are ready by taking that inspired action, right? There's the law of action. There's a the law of attraction. So these are really important factors with manifestation that you have to still do the work towards that thing. doesn't mean that you're grinding for it. doesn't mean that you're hustling. doesn't mean that you're pushing for that thing. It means that you're visualizing, embodying that energy, taking the inspired action, and then surrendering that, knowing that the universe is going to deliver. So it's like a half and half, right? You put It's like you put your order in with the universe. That's your visualization. That's your scripting, et cetera. You take action on that order. Like you place your order by having that inspired action, and then you wait for your order by surrendering. And that's where the universe comes in to fulfill that order. That's kind of how I view it. Um, and they're like the action steps that I would recommend for everybody. You know, a way to manifest is really embodying the energy of what you're wanting to call in and then taking that inspired action. And I say inspired action rather than just action because your inspired action is going to feel quite intuitive, right? It doesn't have to be this big, scary leap towards something. It can be something as small. And it, this is a great segue into an example of how I've used manifestation. When I first started my business, an inspired action that I took because I got really clear with myself. It was like, okay, what do I want to be doing? I want to be working for myself full time. I want to be of service to others and I want to feel fulfilled while I'm doing it. I want to work online. I want to be able to work from home. I want to have that freedom, that flexibility. Keeping in mind that at this time, I was still quite anxious and depressed. I was working for somebody else. I have zero qualifications as far as like a uni degree goes. I was a beauty therapist in a past lifetime. Definitely not apply, like applicable to coaching or what I'm doing now. 
And an inspired action that I took was starting an Instagram page. That was the inspired action. And that Instagram page has gone from being something that not even my friends and family knew about. Like I started it on the side. It was completely new, new page. It wasn't like I used my personal one and like had that following already there. It was completely new. Didn't tell anybody really kept it under wraps to now having over 10,000 followers working for myself full time, you know, doing all of the things. So that's just a way that an inspired action can come as an intuitive download. Um, So that's a very roundabout way of explaining manifestation, but it is a really practical thing. It's not just about the woo-woo. Yes, it's about understanding that we have that beautiful divine connection with our soul, with the universe, but it also means that we have to take action to to better ourselves is how I view it. Like manifestation is a form of empowerment because in order to level up, to receive those manifestations, you've got to go through growth. You've got to understand yourself. You've got to understand the limiting beliefs that you're coming up against as you're calling these different things in. Um, And I, again, I feel like that's something that isn't spoken about with manifestation. So that's really the process of it. And the way that you can start doing it, you know, get really clear on what it is that you're wanting, visualize that, script it as if it's already happened. That's one of my favorite practices is writing out my day as if I already have my manifestation. So going back to the Mercedes, you know, my scripting is like, I am so grateful for my Mercedes. It feels so good when I sit in it. It smells really good. I love driving it. It feels so smooth. You know, again, that's a very like tangible material thing to use as an example, but that's how I will script it then, you know, I'll finish doing that. Then I'll go into inspired action and inspired action towards getting a Mercedes can be something like caring for my current car, my little Ford Fiesta that I have right now. Right. An action step that I can take is like cleaning my car, because if I want to own a luxury car, then I've got to show that I can look after what I have at the moment. Right. That is an example of an inspired action. And then you're surrendering that you're surrendering that. And you're like, okay, I'm releasing this and noticing any beliefs that come up around you calling that thing in, you know, whether it be around worthiness, whether it be about the possibility of it coming in and really taking notice of that and being like, okay, well, that's not my truth because my soul truth is so expansive, right? My soul truth doesn't hold me back with self-limiting beliefs. And so I'm taking note of that and I'm going to rewire those. So that's, that's the process of manifestation. I love that. I have just been sitting here nodding. (laughs) and taking notes because like that is so powerful one of the things I want to touch on there's so there's so many things this is probably going to turn into a very long conversation (laughs) but the idea of visioning like visualization putting in your order taking the inspired action and then surrendering. I loved the analogy that you use of placing an order Mm -hmm. I use a similar one of like kind of placing an online order like yeah you know you manifest to the point where you know you visualized and and you've um taken inspired action and then your order's being shipped right mm-hmm. and it's like when you know a package is coming you release it and sometimes when it shows up you're like oh my god yeah I I ordered that how cool like yeah but then there's times where we can be checking the tracking number and being like, okay, when's it coming? Where was it last, you know, sent? And, mm-hmm. you know, what's the estimated time of, of arrival? And then when that order comes that you've been, you know, checking up on all the time, it's not as joyful. It doesn't mm-hmm. feel as good. And I think that that's applicable to our manifestations and 
the surrender part is quite a big key, I feel. Like you've got a vision, you've got to visualize, you've got to take that inspired action. But there's also that element of just releasing, surrendering, letting the universe do its work, right? Like Mm -hmm. letting it do, letting it do its job. I think. Yeah. A hundred percent. And when we're like obsessing over it and we're struggling to surrender, that's really us coming from a lack mentality, Mm. which one doesn't feel good. No one wants to be in a lack mentality and it doesn't get you anywhere. Right. So if you can shift your mindset into one of abundance, it's such a powerful feeling and a space where you begin to become incredibly grateful for the life that you have. And I want to preface this by saying, I can, I feel like people get really frustrated when I say that it's like, well, how can I be grateful for what I have? When I started this practice, I was living in a room above my ex-partner's gym without a window to the outside world. I had a dollar in my bank account. My car was almost getting repossessed. Like I was in a pretty shit space as far as like external forces go. And I still practice gratitude every single day for what I had. I didn't focus on what I didn't have. I focus on what I did have. What I did have was shelter. I had a roof over my head. I had a bed. I had a warm bed. I had a partner at that time. I had a loving family. I still had my car and I had my mindset and the ambition to create a better life for myself And so that's what I began to focus on. And by releasing that and stepping out of that lack mentality, I was able to completely change my life where I now live on a waterfront apartment. I mean, like waterfront, like I'm sitting here staring at the water. Like you, if I was any closer to it, I would be in it. Like it's, (laughs) I'm there. It's stunning. (laughs) Yeah. I get to look at the boats every day, right? I'm in the best financial position I've ever been in, in my life, working for myself full time. You know, my car obviously didn't get repossessed. I still have the Fiesta. It's fully paid off, no longer in debt with that. Like it works, like this works. And I think going from that initial space of like lack mentality and almost victim mentality, and again, I say this with love and respect because I was once there, I was once that person. When you can shift that and really start standing in your power, which means appreciating what you do have in life, having gratitude, finding that joy in the small things I say in quotation marks and really coming back to that sense of power within yourself. That's where you begin creating these really, really powerful shifts. And that's where the art of surrender really comes into it. And one tool that I love to do that I share with my clients and my students is because surrender is often the most difficult part of manifestation. We love visualizing, we love embodying, we love seeing ourselves driving that Mercedes or living in that house, whatever it might be. Like we love that bit. The inspired action can, yeah, sometimes feel a little bit scary, but it still feels pretty satisfying when you do it. The surrendering part is where most people get stuck and they're like, well, how do I do it? How do, how do I surrender? Like I can't do it. First of all, you can. Don't tell yourself you can't do things little language hack, remove the word can't (laughs) from your vocabulary. It's something that I get all of my clients to do, just a side, side coaching tip there. But the biggest thing that I always come back to with surrendering is, does it feel good to stress about this? Does it feel good to be obsessive over this thing? Does feeling stressed about this thing help in any way, shape or form? Is it productive? Is obsessing over this thing going to help that situation? I can almost 100% guarantee that most of the time that answer is going to be no. So why not release it? Why not release it and choose to feel something better? Choose to surrender. Choose to have that trust. 
And don't get me wrong, that takes with a lot of practice. It does. That has a lot of practice. But when you can stop and you can ask yourself that question, you're forced to answer yourself. You, When you ask yourself a question, you are forced to answer yourself. There's another coaching tip. So if you're ever navigating something, ask yourself a question and that's going to help really interrupt your thought pattern. So when you can stop and ask yourself that question, it's almost like this stopping point where you break that cycle. It's like, well, no, that doesn't feel good. No, I don't want to feel that way. No, it's not helping me. So why the fuck am I doing it? Explicit language. Apologies. I swear like a trooper. Oh, don't worry. This That is more than welcome in this podcast. Okay, great. <laughs> so welcome. I love an F-bomb. So. Yeah. <laughs> but that's one of the most powerful things we can do with surrendering. And don't get me wrong, that, that comes from having a solid foundation of like self-understanding and from having done the inner work and continue to doing the inner work. So that's never ending. Um, and really exploring your relationship with trust and with fear and within yourself and with the universe as well. But that's such a powerful shift in perspective that you can have, not just with manifestation. I mean, that goes with any stress in life, you know, is it serving Mm. you to stress about these certain scenarios? Most of the time, I'm going to say again, all of the time, the answer is going to be no. Like stress doesn't get you anywhere. It doesn't make you do it quicker. It doesn't make it easier. If anything, it makes it 10 times harder. So when you can release that and come back to that space of, hang on, this gets to be easy. I get to choose how I'm feeling in this moment. And stepping forward from that space feels like a much better way to live. Absolutely. I I think that's beautiful, especially like you're such a testament of it doesn't matter where you're at in life, there's always something to be grateful for. And I think sometimes we can forget and I can forget as well that like just because where you are at currently isn't where you want to be or desire to be doesn't mean that there's not things that you can sit and be freaking grateful for. Even like you said, shelter, there's a roof over my head. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, I, I have food, I've been fed, like even bring it back to the basics. If you're struggling to look at like, you know, excess of things to be grateful for, bring it to your basic needs are being met. Right. Mm -hmm. I think that's so powerful. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I love that you noted that surrender can be the hardest part because I definitely feel that. And I think that's kind of sometimes where we get stuck as well. Like we really clear on the vision. Um, I think sometimes it's also getting stuck on the action as well, but Mm -hmm. that you know, I think letting go is really hard. Sometimes it's like I, I speaking personally and from like conversations I've had with clients, it can feel like if we let it go, it's not going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. Like we almost have to control it and we have to hold it there. And yeah, so I loved that that you spoke to that because I think that gives people that permission to like just keep manifesting, even if at times they're like, what the hell? Like, this is so hard or doesn't feel like, you know, like I'm doing it right. That's another big thing. I think people think, you know, oh, manifestation isn't working. I can't do it or I mustn't be doing it right. And I think like, I'd love to hear your perspective on that. But my perspective is it's not that you can't and it's not even that you're not doing it right it's that you're not doing it in a way that feels good mm. and taking like doing the steps in a way that's empowering and moving you closer to the manifestation. 
Mm-hmm. It's ultimately, I feel if you're manifesting for long enough, even if you're doing it in air quotations wrong, you may still get that manifestation. It might take you years and years longer with more stress and, you know, it won't be as easeful and maybe fun as if you take the steps, like you're saying, like vision, inspired action, and then let it go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's it's so interesting. The first thing that I want to touch on, if you tell yourself you can't do something, you're not going to be able to do it. Yeah. That's why I say remove that word from your vocabulary mm-hmm. right now. Everyone listening, take it out. That and need are two of the ones that I really consciously aim to not use in my vocabulary. And it's crazy how much of a difference you'll notice when you begin to change the way that you speak. You know, there's there's like a spiritual quote, and I'm going to butcher this because it's not the exact one, but it's like our words are spells, essentially. Yes, so what you that. speak is your reality. So if mm. you're constantly telling yourself that you can't do something, you are reaffirming to yourself that you can't do that thing. So why don't you start telling yourself what you can do? And, mm. you know, if it feels something that is out of reach, Begin to change the way that you speak about it first and foremost. That can be your inspired action. I can do this. Mm. I am doing this, right? I have this. I can have this, right? Begin to really take notice of of that first and foremost because the way that you speak to yourself is a reflection of what is going to come into your reality, not in a manifestation way. And I think this is another point that I want to touch on where we think that, that any bad thoughts are going to manifest. Yes. Calling bullshit. We have 60,000 thoughts a day. Can you imagine <laughs> the chaos in this world if every single thought was manifested? Oh, Just God. Let, let that sink in for a moment. <laughs> Think of the billions of people that are having over 60,000 thoughts every single day. Imagine if every single one of those thoughts was being manifested. Absolutely not. Right. So if you're having a bad day, if you have a bad thought, please do not think that that is going to manifest into your reality. Mm. But what I will say on that note is that if you constantly are speaking in this way, and that is a deep seated belief that you have, not a thought, a belief that you have within yourself, that is where it's going to show up in your reality. Mm. Right. It's not, oh my gosh, this is going to happen. It's a deep seated, belief system that you hold within yourself. So if you have a deep-seated belief that you are unable to earn money, that's probably going to play out in your external reality, which I don't want you to view as a scary thing. I want you to view that as an opportunity for growth. And that's exactly what I had to do, right? Because we all have a set of conditioning that plays out into our belief systems that is normally formed from the ages of zero to seven. So think about your positioning as a child and how you perceive the world around you when you're a child. That's when your beliefs are formed. So for me, I grew up in a single income household, right? No child support, single mother, working three jobs. I would say I grew up somewhat poor, right? So this is another, someone commented on one of my reels the other day, side note. It was a random saying, whenever I think of manifestation, I think of rich parents. And I actually laughed out loud. Like I actually laughed out loud because I grew up so far from that. Yeah. Like I I would say we grew up poor is Mm. how I would describe it. Like very much struggled for money. There was always stress around money. You know, I remember being in primary school, high school. I can't remember what one might've been like on the cusp of the two. And my school jumper had holes in it. We couldn't afford to buy myself a new jumper. Like that's the level of struggle that I'm talking about. We always had a roof over our head. We always had food, but we definitely, you know, we're on the very lower end of that. 
And so I really had to rewire my belief around money. I really had to get clear on what I even thought about money because if I wanted to start calling in 10K months, which is something that I've done now within my business, I really had to get clear on what I thought I was capable of earning, right? And that has gone from being on the on like minimum wage to now working for myself, earning that kind of money, right? But that took a lot of rewiring in order to get there. So that's what I mean about how your beliefs will create your reality. Because if you don't believe you can earn money, you're probably not going to earn it, right? So it's about getting really, really clear on that and rewiring those belief systems. And that can be the inspired action in manifestation is rewiring your belief systems. That's an inspired action. It's about sitting down and doing the work and getting radically honest with yourself and having the discipline with yourself to move through that, Um, which I think is something, again, that is very much overlooked within manifestation and within spirituality in general. You know, there is this really beautiful part that we're talking about earlier about, yes, honoring where you are and honoring the flow of your emotions, specifically as women that bleed, we really have to honor our cycle and where we're at in that because our energy Mm -hmm. does rise and fall at peaks and it has lows. And yes, we've got to recognize that, but that is not an excuse to not have discipline with ourselves. Mm -hmm. It's not an excuse to take responsibility. And I think that can be a really hard thing. I know for myself, that was like a slap across the face, understanding that I was the only person that could have responsibility for my well-being. No one was going to swoop in and save me. Nobody was going to do the work for me. I really had to take radical responsibility for myself. And that can be a really difficult thing to go through. But it's also discipline is the highest form of self-love, in my opinion. It is the highest form of self-love that we can give ourselves. And when you can see the powerful part of that. And you, again, you can step out of like that victim mentality into one of power where it's like, oh shit. Yeah, no, I can take responsibility. That means I can create really cool shit in my life. So I'm going to start doing that. Right. So it's about looking at it in many different ways. Again, my Libra son coming through with the balance, (laughs) Um, but it's so important to look at it in so many different ways. I feel like I got really sidetracked with what we were originally talking about, but went there for a reason. <laughs> Not at all. I am the queen of tangents. And like, I, some, I feel like sometimes the most powerful nuggets of wisdom come from this kind of conversation, just like flowing. And that's why I like to not structure my interviews very much because mm-hmm. it gives the space for this sort of conversation to happen. And like you said, it's gone where it's meant to go for a reason. And thank you for sharing all of that. Love that comment. What a weird troll (laughs) moment. (laughs) I know. (laughs) It's so interesting though, because like that's just, that shows a very dominant narrative in our society of like, Mm -hmm. well, if someone's successful, it's like, well, mom and dad must have paid for that. And that was so a belief. empowering. Yeah. And that was a belief of mine that yeah. I held before I dove in and I looked at this and it, it is something that we see. And this is where expanders in manifestation are incredibly important and why sharing people's stories is incredibly important because if you can find someone, so an expander is somebody that is essentially where you want to be, right? And they'll have similarities or parallels in their story to yours so that you can show your subconscious what is possible. So for me, when I started with those money beliefs, I found people that had a similar upbringing to me that weren't well off, that didn't have rich parents, that didn't have that support there. Right. And that's why I, I share so candidly about my story 
because that was something that I did struggle with when I first started, you know, people would be like, you know, I didn't grow up rich, but they had two parents and they were living in like an upper middle class. I'm like, well, no, 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 you don't actually understand like some of the struggles that people go through. And I know that I'm definitely not the most worst off person, you know, that might be listening to this, you know, you could have grown up homeless at some points, you know, Mm. it's about recognizing that, but it's about recognizing that you can achieve that no matter where you start. And when you can find expanders that have paved that way before you or have similarities in your story, that's where you can really begin to show your subconscious what is possible. That's why motivational speakers when you hear their story that's why it's inspirational that's why it's motivational because they're showing your subconscious that you can rise through adversity you can rise from this space of lack I guess for lack of a better better (laughs) word right now that is why it's so powerful to share people's stories and why having expanders on your journey are so incredibly important you know really finding people that have a similar story to you and that is why I say that's why I share so candidly in the hope that somebody else listening is like, oh shit, I didn't have rich parents either. I also grew up in a single income household and, you know, we really struggled, but okay, great. So it's possible for me to work for myself full time and to be making that kind of money. Like, what can I do now? What's my action step? What's my inspired action from this space? Like that mm-hmm. begins to show you what's possible. Um, and I think that's so such an important factor within manifestation. And, you know, it is, we all hold these beliefs, right? We have these beliefs, but it's about recognizing what those beliefs are, where they're holding us back and how we can rewire those. Yeah. So, so true. I also wanted to note on just the idea of, you know, the the difference between a belief and a thought, because that was definitely something that crippled me. Like I think back of myself, I have my spiritual awakening, I guess it began at 14. Mm. So I was very young. I was like a little sponge. I took in all of the, like, you know, law of attraction and all that sort of thing. And I became so stressed out about not thinking negative, like air quotes thoughts. And then if I did, I would immediately go, oh my God, I have to fix it. Like I have to catch it before like the universe hears it. Yeah. Man, I have some weird thoughts <laughs> during the day that if they came true. We would, all do. What the hell? Like yeah. the idea like that that is how we have to live of just like so conscious of every thought that comes in is just insane. And I love, I've never heard it reshaped, reframed like that of that. It's not so much about the thoughts. It's it's about the consistency of the thoughts mm-hmm. that then become beliefs mm-hmm. because it's the beliefs, it's the core beliefs because you can be, you know, fully believing that you are strong and you can lift a certain weight, but you may go into the gym one day and go, oh, I can't do it. That doesn't mm-hmm. mean your body is just going to immediately let go of all of the muscle that you've built over time to exactly to that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's such a beautiful, like, thank you for just sharing that. Cause I think I've taken a lot from that. And I know so many people listening are going to hopefully have that kind of permission to just relax about the yeah. thoughts. We yeah. all have crazy limiting thoughts, but it's, it's the beliefs and it's the consistency and how much we let ourselves kind of sit with those thoughts mm-hmm. rather than just going, Oh, that was weird. Let it pass by. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, I think it becomes a, a a problem per se when we attach to those thoughts and that's when they become 
the beliefs, the beliefs. Yeah. 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 A hundred percent. And that's, if that is something that I'm so passionate about sharing because I hear so many people say that and it just makes me internally cringe because like mm. I said, we have over 60,000 thoughts a day. Just imagine what would happen. And we all have negative thoughts. We're human. Again, like we are human. When we look at this on like a psychological level, we can have some really fucked up thoughts throughout the day because we are human. That's what our brain does. It thinks about some really rogue things throughout the day, right? Yeah. <laughs> but that doesn't mean that they're going to come true. And I love the gym analogy that you use because you can go in and you can build strength and you can add weight and get stronger each and every week and you can feel your muscles building. But yeah, sometimes you will go in and be like, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. I am an avid gym goer. I love it. I'm one of those people that love going to the gym. I love lifting heavy shit. Like it makes me really happy. And I literally yesterday, perfect example. I had a day yesterday. I was like, I'm not feeling it today. I can't do it. <laughs> doesn't mean that my body, like you said, completely lost all of the muscle that I've been building for the last year (laughs) and all of a sudden physically cannot do it, right? That was just a random thought that I had throughout my day. And when I did it, I could actually do it. And I was like, ah, there you go. You know, that was just me having one of those random rogue thoughts that was telling me that Mm. I couldn't do it. It wasn't my belief telling me that I couldn't do it. It was just a random thought that was coming in. So I love that analogy. And this is why doing a bit of a segue here, but this is why getting out of your comfort zone is so incredibly important because it begins to help shift those beliefs. Because when you are telling yourself that you are unable to achieve certain things, whatever that might be, for me, it was, I used to tell myself that I couldn't push my comfort zone at all right? I I had to remain comfortable. And I think anyone who suffered with really severe anxiety can probably relate to this. You would really almost like bubble wrap yourself so that you weren't triggered, so that you didn't have a panic attack. If you never had a panic attack, you probably won't be able to relate. They're not fun. They're not a good time. It literally, you feel like you're going to die. That's not being dramatic. That's what they feel like. They're not a good time. So you do almost like bubble wrap yourself to a point where you don't get triggered. And that for me ended up looking like I was locked in my room most of the time because that was the only place where I felt like I wasn't going to be triggered. And so a belief of mine was that I couldn't do hard things. I couldn't get out of my comfort zone because it would trigger a panic attack within myself. And so that was something that I had to begin really pushing and getting out of my comfort zone with. And for me, it started just by going to the grocery store by myself. It was going for a walk around the block by myself, right? Eventually, obviously now I'm very independent and can do most things. And now pushing my comfort zone looks like doing an ice bath and going under in the ice bath. It looks like starting dance classes, which is dancing is something that I've always been not fantastic at. That was really out of my comfort zone. It's, you know, maybe going on dates with people that I've met because that's something that really pushes my comfort zone. It's, you know, these different things and it's going to look different for everybody. But if I can recommend one thing to help you on your journey of growth and expansion is do something that pushes your comfort zone every week, if not every day right? But minimum every single week. And it doesn't have to be something really terrifying. Like I've got a list of things that are like really scary. Skydiving is one of them. Going to do that one day. But in the meantime, I scale it back a little bit and and do the other things that I was, that I was talking about. But it's so incredibly important because it shows your subconscious that one, you can do hard things. And two, the shit that you tell yourself you can't do, you can actually do. And you will probably feel quite rewarded once you've done it. I am so glad that you went there because that was my next (laughs) conversation topic is 
pushing the comfort zone. You talk about this. If you guys follow Missy, if you're not, what are you doing with your life? Please follow Missy on Instagram. (laughs) You talk about pushing the comfort zone a lot. And it's something that I love and you've just inspired me. I'm going to write a list of comfort zone things. And I really relate to the dancing being a comfort zone thing. I dance on Instagram all the time, which was once a big, like I was in full body sweats and shakes. Like the first time I posted now it's something I can do all the time, Mm -hmm. but I want to start doing like classes and trying to do that sort of thing. So I'm going to write a list. I hope everyone listening writes a list, even if it's three things. And like you said, make it as small as it needs to be Mm -hmm. for it to be manageable. Like I loved that you said like, you know, skydiving's on there, but let's tackle some things first. I'm not going to go do it tomorrow (laughs) though. (laughs) Like all power to you if you're like, let's, you know, let's attack the biggest, scariest one first. But I think for our nervous system and just for life in general, taking baby steps is so underrated. Like Mm -hmm. I think, especially in you know, motivational speaking and, and, and that kind of self-development world, I think a lot of the time it's kind of preached that, you know, like big, massive, audacious goals and big, you know, huge tasks and all that sort of thing, which are fantastic. But it's like you need to tell, like train yourself to believe that you can do hard things. And mm-hmm. if a hard thing for you is going to the grocery store alone, which I know is a very real thing for a lot of people, right? Mm-hmm. Then you're not going to like walk on a stage in front of 50,000 people and give a speech, you know, yeah, like absolutely not. you've got to start somewhere and, and have that, that like, evolution I guess Mm, you've got to build the foundation is how I view it you know going back to what I was saying before like leaving my room was terrifying Mm. now I leave I obviously leave my house all of the time (laughs) like I don't I don't even I don't even second guess that I don't Mm. think about it now it's just something natural but at one point that wasn't that was really really fucking scary for me but because I've now done it so many times and I've pushed my comfort zone so many times it now feels very comfortable right that's where expansion lies. And, you know, it, it doesn't even, this is where it really overlaps. If you are like having a business, whatever it might be, like pushing your comfort zone outside of that is going to serve you within that as well. So, you know, using yourself as an example, like that dancing, showing up for your audience in that way, you know, that filters into your business. It's not, it, it, it has so many overlaps with it. So yes, although skydiving might seem completely unrelated to anything else in life, like how could that be beneficial? It's, it's getting comfortable with the discomfort. That's the yes. lesson that you take from it. It's mm-hmm. not the exact scenario and how you're doing that. It's getting your nervous system used to being uncomfortable and knowing that you're safe in that moment, right? So when something uncomfortable comes up, like I said, whether it's in business or a relationship, whatever it might be, you can recognize that and be like, okay, yep, feeling really uncomfortable right now. This doesn't feel great, but I know that I can do it because I do this all the time. So I know that I can push through this. I know that I'm greater than my fear in this moment. I know that I'm greater than my discomfort in this moment. And I know that I can push through this. So that is why it's such a powerful, powerful practice. And like I said, build the foundations. You know, 
like I'm not going to go skydive next week, but I'm probably going to go climb a mountain on the weekend that pushes my comfort zone a little bit, right? I'm terrified of heights. That's why skydiving is very out of my comfort zone, <laughs> like terrified of heights. Um, we live on the Sunshine Coast, which we are lucky to have many a mountain to go climb. Mm-hmm. that's where I started. I mean, anybody that's familiar with the Sunshine Coast, Mount Coulomb, the first time I did that, I froze. Like that's how scared of heights mm-hmm. I am. That's probably like the baby mountain yeah. on, on the coast. <laughs> but now I can do that by myself and I can run up and down and I'm fine, right? So it's about building that momentum with your relationship to fear and working and navigating your relationship to fear and discomfort because that fear is never going to go, right? This is another misconception, I think, within self-development and all of the things that fear disappears. It doesn't. It's always there because if you are constantly growing, if you're constantly expanding yourself, you're going to be met with a new level of the unknown. And we fear the unknown. Our ego doesn't like it. It likes to remain comfortable. It likes to stay where we are, right? But it's your relationship to that fear that changes over time. So rather than keeping you paralyzed in place, you can navigate your way through that and you can work your way through that, right? This is why it's also so important to never compare yourself to somebody else because you don't know what your starting points with fear are, right? You don't know where they're started. You don't know where you're starting in comparison to them. So really focusing on you and focusing on your own journey in that regard, but really developing that relationship with fear is so incredibly powerful. I love that. And there are so many reasons not to compare, but I think that's a big one. Mm. You don't know what someone else is going through or what they've had to do to get there. Like you might look at someone and go, oh, I wish that I could do that thing that they're doing. They might have spent three years working up the nerve to be able to do it, right? You know, mm-hmm. or that might not have been a thing that they had a lot of fear around. So it was, it, you know, it is going to take less time and be more easeful for them perhaps than if there is that layer of fear. And I think that's that in itself is empowering, right? And mm-hmm. and I think coming back to that idea of self-discipline as well too, like I'm so big on self-discipline and and you did mention before about like, you know, honoring your energy and your cycles, but having the self-discipline, that's something that I'm diving like headfirst into at the moment of like, how can you like honor your cycle, but schedule or, or, you know, take responsibility for, okay, I know that this week, you know, I'm going to have super low energy. All right. Well, how can I schedule to make sure that I'm doing the things that need to get done in the times where I am going to have more energy than rather mm-hmm. trying to do it all on that week where, you know, all you want to do is lay in bed. But that self-responsibility also coming into like every, like everything's so connected. Like I love just the weaving of this conversation because it all links back together. Like self-responsibility in terms of manifestation, in terms of, you know, getting out of your comfort zone because no one's going to pull you out of your comfort zone. Like. No. No one's coming to do that for you. People you can have push to take you. responsibility. Yeah, people can push or encourage, but but ultimately you have to take that responsibility. So I love it. And I love also that you mentioned too, like it's connected whether you're in business or not, right? Like I say this all the time to my clients. They're like, I'm, I have a couple of clients that are business clients and a couple that are just like personal life, mm-hmm. you know, mentoring. And often the business clients are like, well, how does that relate to business? I'm like, honey, it all relates. Like I get it because there's been times where I've been doing business stuff or mentoring, like receiving it myself. 
and we've been diving into like shadow work. I'm like, what the hell does this have to do with me creating a successful business? Everything. It has everything to do with it. So it's all, all so connected and um, yeah, so powerful. I think it was Milana Snow, who if you guys aren't following, definitely follow her. She's incredible. Again, I'm going to butcher, this is not a direct quote, but along the lines of your business is a deeper invitation to do the inner soul work Mm, or something like that. And it's so true because when you do own your own business, again, it's the unknown. It's not been done before. And so you do require a radical shift in your own expansion when you're stepping into that. Um, so shadow work, manifestation, doing, rewiring yourself, limiting beliefs, getting out of your comfort zone, they are directly linked to your business. And when we start looking at businesses on an energetic level, I would honestly say 80% of it is your energy and where you're at with that. And 20% is strategy, a hundred percent, um, which is often overlooked. I think, especially like the whole girl boss movement is incredible, and like that, the you know, I love what it stands for, but I think it went too far in the opposite direction of like hustling yeah, and, you know, really rewarding you for like working 14 hour days, et cetera, mm. which is not healthy. Um, and don't get me wrong. Like I've had some days in business where I've definitely done like a 14 to 16 hour day, but it's not my regular, right? That's, that yeah. to me is not freedom from having your own business, but it's really more about doing that inner work. And yes, you can hustle, you can do the 12 hour days, but I can promise you, you're going to feel more fulfilled if you're doing the inner work and doing the 80% energy, 20% strategy, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, doing it in that way is going to feel far more fulfilling for you and your clients, you know, depending on what services you offer or what your business is. It's so important to start viewing it in that way and knowing that you are the vessel for that business. So if your vessel isn't clean and clear and concise on where you're going, then how is your business going to be? clean and clear and concise and where it's going. So it's a direct mirror of you. Absolutely. So powerful. And yeah, I do resonate with that kind of the girl boss movement, love what it stands for, love that kind of, you know, that empowering aspect of it where it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, you can be the boss of your own life, but um, you and I have both worked with Jenna Black. I'm currently in a container of hers. And something she said this morning, I just got off a call with her, was the feminine, like when we look at masculine and feminine energy, so the feminine being more in flow and intuitive, the masculine being kind of that strategy, that that forward motion. Um, she's, again, butchering of spiritual quotes all, all through this podcast. Apologies, everyone. Um, she said it was along the lines of like, the feminine flows with more ease when she's Mm. nourished and Mm. the masculine has a greater awareness of where to move when the feminine is nourished. So that feminine nourishment is like what you're saying, rest, that freedom, doing things outside of work or business, whatever your life is looking like so that you can show up with a greater capacity to be present and to be clear in what it is you're doing and why. And I think that's so important, whether you have a business or not, like taking time for yourself that's actually for yourself, that's not also in service of something or someone else is so important. Mm. Um, Yeah, so just a beautiful little segue. But I would love to let people know how they can best 
work with you. So if people listening right now, which I'm sure they are nodding, you know, as ferociously as I am here, um, and they're like, how do I get more of this? What are the ways that you serve people, that women can work with you? Mm-hmm. What have you got going on? Yeah, yeah. So thank you for that. Um, I always love knowing that what I'm speaking is resonating and it's the most fulfilling feeling in the world. I love talking if you guys haven't picked up on it. <laughs> um, so it is really fulfilling when I know that it's landing. But the ways that you can work with me is I offer one-on-one coaching, which I don't have a sales page for that. It's something that you have to reach out to me individually for. So email, DM on Instagram is the best way. My Instagram handle is at I am Mystic Missy. My one-on-one coaching is really for people that are wanting to truly commit to that. That's why I don't have a sales page for it. Um, So that's one way that you can work with me. When this comes out, I will be releasing my course Mystic Business as well, which is a spiritual business course. So it basically takes you through what I was saying before, 80% energy, 20% strategy. So we do go into strategies that you can have, ways that you can set up, whether that be your own coaching business, whether you're wanting to run online courses, whether you're wanting to learn about marketing from a really authentic space. I'm very big on integrity in spiritual business and not uh, bypassing people's lived experiences, you know, with sales and that kind of thing, not making it feel icky. I want it to feel really beautiful and free and flowing for both you and your clients. Um, But we do go into like the shadow work around having your business and that deeper soul work around having and running your own online or whatever business it is, whether it's product-based or storefront, whatever it might be. But really feeling fulfilled while you're doing it. So the doors will be opening for that. I am also running an online masterclass next week for content um, around how to create soulful content, how to really have an impact on your audience, what it means to have an impact on your audience. And again, how you can do that from a space of integrity. I'm really big on integrity within business and within content, not just about you know, you have to do this because this is what the algorithm says. Well, no, you can do both. You can work with the algorithm and you can come from a really beautiful space of integrity and from soul. And that's something that I've done throughout my business the entire time. Um, And it just feels better when you can honor how you work and how you flow, but still have that discipline with yourself with that little bit of strategy. So they're the ways that you can work with me at the moment. Um, My website is spirituallysourced.com. That's also my podcast uh, but yeah, they're all the ways that you can work with me. Beautiful. Thank you, my love. So many exciting things happening. And yes, of course, Missy has her own podcast, Spiritual Source, which full of wisdom, beautiful gold nuggets everywhere. So if you're wanting another podcast to listen to, definitely check that out. Um, this has been so incredible. I would love to have you back at some point because I feel like we could probably talk for days. I mean, I can talk to days for days, like, you know, like no tomorrow, but I feel like we definitely have more that we could dive into. Um, it has just been a joy and an honor. Thank you for being with us. Um, I do have one last question. Yeah. So this podcast is called embolden, embolden meaning, you know, to give courage and confidence. And I'd love to know when, do you feel the most emboldened? What do you feel like? Is there anything that comes to mind when you think of that word? Mm, when I'm teaching, when yeah. I'm teaching a course, when I'm doing a podcast interview like this, when 
I'm with a one-on-one client, that is when I feel emboldened, when I feel my most confident, when I feel my most in alignment and lit up and in flow. And like, I've got goosebumps as I'm saying it, it is my favorite thing Mm -hmm. to do. So that would be a hundred percent my answer. And, you know, that's why I am so passionate about my work and I feel it so deeply. So yeah, it would be teaching. That's such a beautiful response. And I also got goosebumps as you were speaking. I was like, this is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much, my love. This has been incredible. And I'm sure that my audience are going to absolutely love, if they're not following you already, I'm sure most of them will be because you're absolutely amazing. Um, But I hope that yeah, I hope that those of you listening get to know and love Missy even more um, and definitely check out her website and all that she's got going on. Honestly, woman, you've got so many things going on. I'm <laughs> so excited to continue watching this unfolding. And, um, yeah, business course, just up-leveling. I just feel like that's going to be such a catalyst for so many women to completely transform. And I'm so excited to witness you lead that as well. Thank you, my love. Thank you so much for having me. This was a pleasure and a joy and an honor. So thank you deeply and thank you to everyone who is listening and for your presence and your time and your space for listening to this. I appreciate it. And yeah, thank you, my love. So beautiful. You're so welcome. If this episode has served you in any way, I invite you to leave a review of this podcast. Please also share this episode with your friends on social media and don't forget to tag me at Jala underscore collective on Instagram. I love seeing where you guys are listening from, what episodes you're loving and your main takeaways. In doing all of this, you will not only be making my day, but also helping me get this podcast out to embolden as many people as possible. I am so grateful for your love, support, and for you taking the time to be with me today. I will see you so soon in the next episode of Embolden the Podcast with Jess Carreri. Thank you for listening.